DVR Podcast, Fact Daddy Experience, damn, <laughs> so I, uh, I survived Nor'easter, and it was cold, I almost died, all that wonderful stuff, but my life didn't flash before my eyes, it was more like flashing away from them. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm not going to be talking about anime this time. Um, even though I am looking into some shows. Um, potentially a show called Orange. Of course that has a time travel element to it. I don't give a shit. I'll beat that shit to death. I love time travel. Blah blah blah. Uh, what else? I started a show called Fractale. Which was interesting because it was about like. Trillions of supercomputers generating and creating a reality uh, in which individuals don't really have to work that hard anymore and they spend their days relatively freely, but they don't really connect to real human beings, which I sound, I sound, I think sounds interesting. I don't fucking know. Um, so I'm probably going to do more on movies. For a little while, I'm taking an anime break because um, I got a few shows I'm interested in, but I'm not fully invested in because um, I don't know. I'm a picky fucking eater, and uh, I like to be picky with what I put into my fucking brain for whatever reason. Um, I am enjoy reading a lot more lately. Uh, Terrence McKenna's Invisible Landscape. Something that I'm looking at. Some lady named Pam Grouts, E squared. Uh, Fred Allen Wolf's The Dreaming Universe. This weird ass manga called Magical Girl Apocalypse. Uh, some book called Lies My Teacher Told Me by James W. Lewin or something. And uh, looking over uh, a book I read a while ago called. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And Dante's Inferno because of the whole underworld allegory for the spirit animal Dante in the film Coco. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to be rewatching Soylent Green because uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it or haven't heard the famous quote from it, I mean, Soylent Green's a fucking awesome, disturbing ass movie. Anyway, so this time around, I'm going to waste air, breath, and consciousness sharing with you some of my pitiful evaluations of Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. I know I won an Oscar and all that shit, but whatever. Um, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly. And one of the first things I observed is that if they ever, ever, ever decide to make Bioshock movies, they need to hire that motherfucker to do it. Del Toro should direct a live-action version of Bioshock. I mean, the way that The Shape of Water was shot, it had all those kind of Bioshock elements, like the way the water scenes were shot, the way the environments were shot, the way the old-school nostalgia time frames were shot, like... The elements were all in place in a way 
that seemed very real. So when the simulation seems real, you've done a wonderful job. So just as an aside, he should definitely direct a live action version of that video game franchise, Bioshock, which I personally think is awesome. Um, one of the first quotes you see in the film is, time is but a river flowing from our past. I just think that's an interesting thing to say. I personally think that time is not a river because we don't have a past because of the implicit nature of all of reality that your consciousness can't fully grasp each and every existing moment at once. So you perceive a past and you perceive a future, but really the only thing that's occurring is one singular present that is so vast you differentiated by perceiving a past and a future now i could be considered full of shit however there could be some quantum physics evidence to support my theory for example how could two neutrino-esque subatomic particles billions of light years apart somehow manage to switch places instantaneously <laughs> that would technically mean that time and space are illusory <clears throat> so i still love the idea though that time is but a river flowing from our past because ultimately the illusion of time comes from the construct of what we perceive as our past experiences so it's an interesting quote and it's from the movie and I went on a tangent. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway. The lighting. On this fucking movie is immaculately done. The lighting sets the tone. And, and the, the, it creates the rhythm and the energy for the story. And it was. The lighting was brilliant. Now, I can't say that enough how awesome the lighting was. It really captured so much. For that story think the casting was great because the two main protagonists so to speak one is obviously the amphibian man and he's an amphibian man he's not discernible in any real way as someone that we know as an actor and the other protagonist is a mute woman so it's very powerful stuff. It really is. Anyway. As far as I'm aware, I could be way off. And uh, if I am, so be it. But it had that Cold War era feeling to it. <clears throat> and, you know, as with all great monster movies... Ultimately, the real monster turns out to be us. What, or at least what us means as it regards a misnomer of what a normal human being should be. Ultimately, the individual who is representative of what a normal human being during Cold War Americana is was a fucking nut job, sycophant, dickhead. <clears throat> portrayed brilliantly by Mr. Michael Shannon. Great performance from him. 
he always rings in those kind of performances like no one else currently as far as I'm concerned. Um, even though he wasn't as cool, like by 8 million, billion, trillion miles as the original General Zod. Because um, that guy, is Terrence Stamp is awesome. He's like, son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. You know, this guy's just like, Yo, fuck you. So he's a lot. <laughs> he's doesn't have that finesse, but he he's a total dick on screen, and he, he nails that kind of shit. So he was really good in it. He was the monster, <laughs> dickhead. Um, but again, as as usual with these monster movies, even going so far as. Even not monster movies, even science fiction movies, even Wally, where the most humane entity represented on the screen was a small robot who was a garbage collector on a planet that had be, literally become just inhabited by our garbage and left for him to clean up because we were busy floating in space. And we were so fat that machines had to carry our bodies around and we did nothing productive but float around in space and chill while our home world was just like the Transformers junkie on. It was just junk that we excessively built through our greed and avarice. And I don't care if that's redundant. I love the word avarice. Very cool sounding word. <clears throat> Regardless, you know, you always have a dystopia and you always have a reality and you always have the truth somewhere in the middle. And the representation of how people dealt with homosexuals, how people dealt with black people, how people dealt with each other, how people dealt with women, how people dealt with military versus scientists, how people dealt with the variety of these elements is amazingly done in this film it's superfluous it's got a kind of regal clean energy clean storytelling great use of a camera to have you follow the story to be drawn into the story um it's crazy i the the love story element too was uh was fascinating. I mean, I don't need to go into major detail because you know this hasn't been out that long, and I don't like giving out spoilers and shit. But pretty much because the mute girl's an outsider, and obviously the amphibian man is an outsider. Somehow, some way, they make a. a connection is a kindred spirit so to speak um yeah and the same goes for the chick from the film hidden figures being her friend and looking out for her and that type of connection that type of connection can't be downplayed and you know, whether it's outsider status, being mute, being black, being gay, you know, being Russian, 
being American, whatever the angle was, they 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 played it very firmly. They you know whether it was when Shannon gets the super dope Cadillac, and yeah, I'll I'll throw that spoiler in there because it's not hardcore, but it was it was symbolic of what an individual thought they needed to feel like a man or to be complete or to be envied by their inferiors i mean whether it's materialism or it's hatred or bigotry or confusion or self-loathing or acceptance of who you are and who someone else is in its entirety in a sense of love this movie's got all those fucking elements going for it, and it's also shot beautifully. It's acted tremendously. It's a, just a good fucking movie. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to sit down and watch it 9,000 times, but that's more of a personality deal. Um, I'm moody, so I tend to watch stuff, you know, based off of moods like Soylent Green. I just like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the situation on this planet uh, from an evaluation type schematic whereby you go, okay, look at the population density, look at resources that are allocated globally, look at how many people are still starving on a planet that's this overabundant and has this much material wealth to distribute. And I'm no communist, I'm just saying... Everyone should have access to water and food. Okay, I said it. I'm a fucking scumbag socialist asshole. Because I think that maybe, just maybe, each and every human being on the planet should actually be able to eat and drink. Especially water. Not talking about soda or anything else. I'm talking like just water. Like, everybody should have access to fucking clean water. Wow, that's a crazy idea, though. I'm so radical. Somebody stop me. Anyway, this movie just has all these elements in it. So, I think it's definitely worthwhile to watch. Because the pacing of the story is brilliant. You really get a sense of the characters overall. You don't just get a piecemeal notion of them. They... Your interaction as a viewer with the characters makes the characters believable. It reaches out and connects you. The pacing and the shots and the writing. It, it's just overall, it's, it's very dynamic as a film. It's, it's dynamic. And I think it was incredible. It, uh, it caught me off guard. And there were a few times where I was a little uneasy watching the film. Whether it's seeing scenes of homophobia from <clears throat> the perspective of both the homosexual character and the character who was very uncomfortable with the homosexual character. Or seeing how bigoted overall that said character was. To an African American couple who came into his empty eatery, or just the sheer and utter disturbing weirdness of Michael Shannon as it relates to his 
sexual proclivities and as that relates to our female protagonist Miss Esposito um it's a it's a, it's a strange and beautiful film I wouldn't call it a little film because obviously the budget needed to be something special to be shot the way it was but I have and always will appreciate Del Toro's drive to create beautiful cinema that always gives you a differing view of what a monster really is as opposed to what the masses may perceive a monster to be, whether it was with Hellboy or Pan's Labyrinth or clearly this film, The Shape of Water. I appreciate the risks he's taken creatively and I think this was one that really encapsulates his ethos as a filmmaker as far as presenting to us a world of monsters that are more human than the human beings who try to torment or use them. So, yeah, I'm gonna, again, like I said, I'm gonna maybe shy away temporarily from the anime stuff only because I'm I'm looking for something that will capture my interest. I know there's a live action version of, of the series Erased on Netflix now. I don't know if I was going to rewatch Erased as a live action version and discuss it. I might. I'm a little tentative to do that because they tend to fuck anime stuff up when they translate it over. That's why I haven't quite watched Full Metal Alchemist, the live-action films yet, even though they were done, I believe, in Japan. Nonetheless, live-action translations of good comic books slash manga slash literary sources tend to get lost in the sauce, so to speak. Um, I'm rereading Ready Player One. I'm actually excited about that movie because I love the book and I'm not comparing the two off the bat. I'm just saying that the book was such good source content that the film looks like it takes advantage of the source content in a positive way because it looks visually over the top. But if you look at it, it manages to or seemingly manages to maintain and keep the integral revolutionary energy that's sublimated within the context of the story that is Ready Player One. So I'm pretty psyched for that. Um, I don't really have a ton else to say. Um, you should read Grant Morrison's comic book The Invisibles and uh, the Renato Jones series. Um, that shit's fucking awesome. You could Google it, Renato Jones very cool comic stuff i think that like that might end up being a movie or something or some kind of tv show at some point because it's fucking extremely entertaining and subversive um i also think potentially clean room and unfollow might make for really good television series slash movies i don't know we'll see what happens but that's kinda it and I am rereading the Akira manga as I'm doing some drawings of my own just for fun not for 
any other fucking reason but fun, yeah. So, really like that artist's work. So, I may or may not check out Annihilation soon, and um, I don't know what I'll be watching. Um, again, have to find a right, whatever the hell it is, because I'm moody. But I'm sure eventually I'll watch something and I'll talk about it. And worst comes to worst, I'll just talk about Soiling Green. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast because all three of you mean a lot to me. You really do. It's a it's a great thing to be able to express yourself and actually have people give time of time from their lives to listen to your shit. So I really do appreciate it because you know life is short and time doesn't exist. So Ba Weave Grind I Weave Ninny Bomb, thanks for everything. Wubba 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 God blessed. Bio con Dios, adios amigos until maybe two days from now or four days from now or the most five or six days from now it could be as soon as Wednesday night I don't have any idea because we're gonna catch some more snow so I'll figure it out but until then this is a fact daddy and you've shared in a fact daddy experience you're welcome. Bye bye.